that we carry with us because with that touch comes an impartation that stays with us for eternity and never leave us thank you Lord we pray in Jesus name amen you may go ahead hug the neck of somebody in youth at this time you can go ahead and go to youth ministry you're going to have a blast in youth this morning praise the Lord go for it so to hug somebody real tight I want to extend a very warm welcome to everyone who's joining us on live stream on Facebook YouTube maybe watching this on on um, our podcast on on iTunes or maybe on Spotify I don't know but you are most welcome I believe the Spirit of God is going to speak to you transform you through the word and uh, your life will never be the same it's the word that changes and transforms us so I encourage you this year man, get into a Bible reading plan pick up the devotion called strengthen and week by week man you just just fortify your faith and be strengthened for this hour it's time for the body of christ to be stronger than ever before amen so we can um really do what we must before jesus comes because he's coming very very soon i believe you're going to be part of the the great move amen the the greatest greatest catch of so uh, uh, the greatest catch the greatest harvesting of souls hasn't happened yet, but it's, it's about to. And God's going to use your boat. He's going to use your net. He's going to use your voice. He's going to use your hands. He's going to use your finances. There's a reason why God's blessed you. Amen. So you can leverage the strength that you have received and are enjoying for his kingdom purposes. Amen. So why don't you join us too with this week of fasting and let God put a, a motivation for the kingdom. Amen. That, hasn't, that wasn't there before. Because that's what God's going to use. Kingdom motivated people. Kingdom motivated people. To see his kingdom come. And his will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. This is not just pretty words. These aren't hype. Just words to hype us up. Or to get a crowd rowdy. This is reality. God wants to use you. So you and your family and your community can see heaven kiss earth. So get ready, amen. Get ready, get ready. Turn your Bibles to Isaiah 58 for a minute, please. And um, you can join us later, Joseph. I'm going to give you um, Sunday off, amen. Uh, during the way, you can sit and enjoy the Word a little bit. But I'm, I'm going to start up in Isaiah 58 um, and just uh, talk a little bit into the corporate fast that we have, we have uh, called it says, um, I'm going to read from the New Living, sorry, New uh, King James initially, and then maybe transition a little bit into the New, uh, new Living, because I just like how it puts it in the New Living. But here in verses 6, it says, Is this not the fast I have chosen? You know, when you, well, what is a fast? It's abstaining from food. It's not, um, you know, necessarily abstaining from social media and TV. Because uh, before TV and before social media, everyone was, must have been fasting. But that's not the definition of fasting. Fasting means not eating food. <laughs> Amen. And so, um, but it's not just fasting, it's prayer and fasting. And that's why at 8 p.m., you know, if, uh, starting tomorrow, we're going to be going live and praying. We're going to do it at the house. Um, and we're going to be praying. And you join us on YouTube and Facebook on the normal places on our social media. So if you don't follow YouTube or Facebook, uh, subscribe and follow. And, um, and uh, you'll be kept up to, up to date with everything that we post. We post some good material. Amen. And it's well worth going over the word. Because how many know faith comes by? Hearing and 
hearing by the word. Amen. So just get, get in on it. Now, this is not a time for you just to sit there and listen to someone else pray corporately uh, uh, from, their, from, their, from their office. It is it's time for you to engage. So tomorrow, 8 p.m. Everyone say 8 p.m.? online on either YouTube or Facebook, and you can hook up, and we're going to be um, giving a focus every day of what we're going to be praying into, and we're going to be praying. Amen. Now, I'm going to be, uh, some, some people are going to just drink liquids. Uh, that's what, that's, that's why I feel led to do, you know, for, for a week. Um, but what, what I would encourage the wider community to do is a six till six. We've done that before, six till six. Um, some of you are you know, uh, drivers, some of you are nurses, um, so, you know, some of you are midwife, you don't want to, you know, misplace someone else's baby and give them some, you know, so, you know, because, I, I, seriously, you know, um, uh, you know, you understand what I'm saying, use a bit of wisdom if you're pregnant, you know, eat food, amen, um, but, um, but God will sustain us, amen. Uh, but do what the Lord says. You know, people say, well, Jesus did a 40-day fast and he didn't eat anything. But he also didn't have a family. He didn't drive a car. He didn't, you know, have, have a... He, he was like fasting and then did nothing but was with the Lord. With no other distractions, no TV, no, other, no one. Just him in the wilderness fasting. You know what I mean? Now, now, if you have that kind of setup this week, then go ahead and do, do that type of fast, right? Um, but you understand what I'm trying to get at. Amen. So, so, um, so here it says, it says, is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness? Now, I, I believe whatever's shackled and grabbed a hold of anyone in this room, bonds of wickedness broken because of you abstaining, drawn away from desirable things. Someone know deep fried chicken is quite desirable. Maybe no one likes chicken on this side of, of, of the auditorium, but, you know, food is desirable. It's very important to me. It's, it's a big part of my life, you know, and maybe too big of a part of my life. So this is great for me, where I can remind my body, you are not in charge. I can, rem- I, I can tell it, you know, listen, I can choose not to feed you if you keep on thinking you can lead me. I'm not a body. I'm not a somebody. I'm not a great mind, even though I have a great mind. Amen. I've got a mind that my, I've got the spirit, spirit of God on the inside of me. I've got, a, I've got the, the mind of Christ within my spirit. And I've let the mind of, of Christ within my spirit, given to me with Jesus when I received him into, into my life, I've, I've let him renew my mind. But I'm, but I'm not a mind. No. I'm a spirit in possession of my mind. Amen. Amen. And so when, you know, anytime you, your, your body starts like ruling you, telling you to do this, and you know you shouldn't be doing whatever your body is persuading you to do, then just say, listen, I threaten your body. Anyone ever threatened your body before? And say, hey, body, hey, if you keep on talking like this, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to feed you. I'm, are you listening to me? I'm not going to feed you for seven days. And if you keep on talking like you're, you're talking, then I'm going to extend it for 21 days. I'm just not going to feed you. And so, um, so we're reminding ourselves, you know, this is not ruling me. Amen. Um, and so when you draw away from natural things, amen, and give yourself to powerful things, then, then you will see a transformation. It will draw you closer to the, to the Lord. 
There's a, there's a um, if someone could pass me my iPad, there is a parable. Remember the parable of the, the uh, prodigal? The prodigal, thank you. Um, well, um, this young, young guy, he had a rich father, and, um, and, a, and he was a righteous man. Luke 15, verse 11, because how many know a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children? Amen. That's what righteous people do. Amen. And so anyway, um, Jesus is explaining how the kingdom of God works. Jesus is explaining how Jesus operates. And so this is, it's important to pay attention to the detail. You've got, the, you've got a prodigal, you've got a son, there's two sons. One of them asks for his inheritance early. He asks for it, and the fa- we see the father giving it to him. And Jesus is saying, this is, how the, this, is how the father, this is how the father operates. This is how God works. The father gives when the son asks. When the son asks, the father gives. You hear me? Well, I don't seem to receive anything from the Lord. You have not because you ask not. And so here, here's the thing. The father gives, and so he, he, he takes, he receives, the son receives, and then he, he, he leaves the house. He thinks, man, he's the big cheese. He's got, he doesn't need, he's, he, he, he thinks, I, do, I am no longer dependent upon the father. I've got this. I can handle this my own. What does that sound like? Sounds like pride, right? And so he, he's wasteful. He's not a good steward of what he's received. He spends it on lavish living and, and girls and money and, uh, uh, and drugs or whatever, you know, alcohol. And, and he ends up losing it all and ends up working uh, for somebody else and um, taking care of the, the pigs. Finds them in the same, in a, in, a, in a pig's pen. And he's hungry. Hear me out. He's empty. He's lost everything, and, and it was his emptiness, and it was his, his hunger that drew him back to the Father. You hear what I'm saying? So it's interesting how hunger, something that you and I here in, the, in Great Britain don't experience very often, and that is what those in various places in the earth experience often, and that is hunger. But it's interesting how hunger draws... I'm in the people business. You know, we're, we're, we're pastors. And what, I've, what I've seen and what I know from my experience, when people... Oh, they've given up on me. They've left me. I've, you know, I have no more money. I'm empty. Oh, Pastor, I'm coming back to church. I need God. And it's their emptiness that has drawn them back to the house, back, back to God. Hunger is an amazing thing. I would hear this, you know, before, uh, you know, like, you know, fasting draws you near to God. I used to, like, say, God, because I, I never liked fasting, you know. Can I just be honest? Like, you know, I, I never liked it, you know. And you don't have to like it. Amen. Um, but, uh, but, but just do it. You know, your body's not going to like a lot of stuff. And fasting is, is one, one of them that it, that it detests. And I, but it's needed. It's, and, and we've done well teaching and understanding and grasping the principle of praying and giving. But Jesus said, when you give, when you, when you pray, and when you fast, he expects it. Now, I used to think, how can fasting and, and, and uh, emptying myself and not feeding myself draw me closer to God? 
Because I would try doing fasts in the flesh, right? Just, why well, I'm going to fast. And not really minister to the Lord. And that's why prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting is key. But I used to just fast and not do it correctly. And so I'm just trying to give you a bit of help, right? And I used to be frustrated. I said, Lord, I don't feel any closer to you. I feel irritated. I feel like, I feel really hungry. And if I could just eat something, then it, then, then it wouldn't be on my mind. Because this is really distracting me. So I'm like, I'm, I'm starving. Really, I was never starving. But I felt like, I felt like I was losing my temper, losing my cool. My body just needs a bit of food. And then I can pray for you, pray with you, Father, like without losing my cool, you know, and being irritated, even when trying to pray. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but here's the thing. We have to be okay with a little bit of pain. And then you, because re- you, you go, okay, look, you, sus- you keep it up, you keep it up, and go, okay, no, 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 I'm going to connect to my... I'm going to connect to my spirit and ensure my spirit connects to the Father of spirits. Amen. And so here's what we do. We, emptiness is awesome, but, but here's what fasting is saying. I'm not going to wait to get empty. I'm going to empty myself. Amen. Because my days are too full. So I'm not going to wait to lose all my money and all my everything to, to go to, I'm going to empty myself. So from all that stuff, I'm not going to experience, I'm not going to entertain myself with. I'm going to clear my diary, my schedule. My evening's not going to be as full. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm emptying my belly and I'm drawing near. And the moment the prodigal son, because of his emptiness, drew near back to the father, the father started giving again. Amen. So I say, thank God for the big giver. God Almighty is the big, big Holy Ghost. Big giver. Amen. He's the big giver. And he gives. And so this is why I, I like to say prayer, fasting, and giving, they all go hand in hand. So in this, this is everyone cool? So, so look, at, look at this even in the New Living Translation. I like it. It says... Um, It says in verse 4, what good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? What good is fasting if you're fighting? So one thing to fast this week is fighting with your wife. Some people are really excited about this, you know. It doesn't mean this time next week you can start fighting again with your wife, but you'll realize a week of not quarreling and a week of not fighting um, is better than the weeks of fighting and quarreling. And you'll think, man, let's just, you know, let's eat food next week, but let's keep on fasting, quarreling. And he said uh, from the New Living, New Living Translation, it says, this kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. In other words, fasting takes you and gets you places. Amen. We're going places. Woo! And fasting will get you places. But what, what's, it's like, uh, what good is praying in tongues if you're mean in English? What good is fasting if you're quarreling at, at home? You hear me? Thank you for your overwhelming enthusiasm this morning, this Sunday morning, just trying to encourage you. You can encourage me while I'm encouraging you. 
Come on, I know you've got a smile there, um, Eric. Come on, you can encourage me. <laughs> oh, glory to God. This is going to be a great, a great giving week. Where, where the father of spirits, the big giver. Woo! The big giver. Amen. But he said, he said, quarreling can really get in the way of all of this stuff. Let me read, read, read a little bit more here. It says, you humble yourself. Uh, See, so we are humbling ourselves when we're fasting. Now, I, I said it's uh, not just fasting, but it's praying and fasting. And uh, it says, let me, let me find, I believe it's verse 10 from the, I'm more familiar with the King James. It says here, uh, verses, verses 9. Uh, in fact, let me, let me read it. I'm not doing a great job here uh, with this, but uh, it's going to get better. Amen. Okay, here it says, um, verse 6, let me read it from the New, New King James. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness? Who believes that this week? Amen. A loosing of the bonds of wickedness. To undo heavy burdens. Who's believing for that? Un, uh, an undoing of heavy burdens. That which is la- uh, rested heavy on you. No longer resting heavy on you. Amen. Amen. The weepings of sorrow turn into weepings of joy. Let the oppressed go free. No more oppression, but freedom. Woo, come on. This is, this is the type of fasting that he has chosen. Welcome back, Mrs. Doro. Praise the Lord. Love you. Uh, I know Bernard's in London at a conference. But, and it says, and let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke of bondage. Every yoke of bondage broken. Woo, come on, someone say it. You get excited about this. Every yoke of bondage broken in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Man, it's, it's, I feel the energy of this word right, right here as I'm ministering, as I'm just reading. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? So a true fast really is not just praying and, and uh, not eating. A true fast is sharing your bread with the hungry. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring... To your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself. Not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring. Then the light will spring forth. Then your healing shall come on now, spring forth speedily. When? When you extend your soul to the hungry. Amen. And feed. So the money that you would spend, the money that you would spend on food, you should calculate that up and, and buy food and give it to the poor. Or put that money into the food bank and we'll, we'll, we'll give it to those who don't have any food. The time you would, you would spend to go shopping, use that time to deliver the food to somebody. Is this good preaching? I'm just reading. I'm not really preaching. So. But it says, and, and then your light shall break forth like, like the morning. Your, your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory. I'm going to continue talking about a little bit about the glory. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call. Notice this. man. Then you shall call. I like it. And the Lord will answer you. You shall cry, and he will say, 
Here I am. You will pray and he will hear. He will speak and you will hear. Who wants that kind of relationship? He said it's conditional to the next thing I'm about to read. If. If. You take away the yoke from your mitts. The pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. She this. Who she? Your wife? Well, she's more quarrelsome, uh, quarrelsome than, than I am. No, no. You know, people, talk, people fight against the, one, the ones that are in unit. Come on. Stop it. Everyone say stop it. Everyone say stop it. No more quarreling. You want to hear from God? You want to hear from, you, you want, you, you want to hear from him? You want to hear from him? You want him to hear you? Take this yoke, he called it a yoke, from off you. What is the yoke? Pointing fingers. Blaming, shaming, speaking, wickedness. That's a yoke. Oh, man. Ever say no more pointing fingers? Hallelujah. Don't point at your neighbor and say, are you hearing this? I said no more pointing fingers. If you're going to point fingers, do this, you know. If you extend, verse 10, if you extend your soul to the hungry, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then, (laughs) oh man, I love the word, then your light shall shine in the darkness and your darkness shall be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually. And satisfy your soul in drought. And strengthen your bones. And you shall be like a watered garden. And like a spring of water whose water do not fail. Amen. Shall I keep on reading? I may as well. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord, honorable, you shall honor him, not doing your own ways. That's how you, I want to know how to do, uh, I want to I know how to honor him. Oh, praise the Lord. Not to do your own thing. Nor finding your own pleasures. Praise the Lord. Withdraw yourself from pleasurable things and give yourself desirable things. Withdraw yourself from it and give yourself to, to powerful things. You know what Eve did? She gave herself to pleasure, desirable things and forsook powerful my, my, my. Nor find your own uh, pleasure. Nor speak in your own words. Whoa. I, well, I can say what I want to say. Nope. Yeah, but my word. Your words? Don't speak your own words. Then you shall delight. You know, one of the best things you could do this this, uh, week of fasting, pray much in the Spirit. Don't use your own words. 
Then you shall, notice, notice the results. Man, you have action, man's, man's action, and then what God will do. Your side, and then God's side. Throughout this whole chapter. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth. The high hills. It's better than Beverly Hills. Amen. The high end of town. The high hills. You, you want to know the, you know the secret of being in the high, the high hills? It's, it, and it's not just you know, the, the, the posh area of town. I thank God for the posh area of town. How many know the posh area needs Jesus just like the rough part of town? Amen. Um, but if you could choose where to live, you want to live in a place that's secure and, you know, got some nice trees and places on the high hills. But it's more than just the physical high hills. It's the high the high hills, the presence of God. We've been talking about going to the high hills. And he said, look, he'll cause you to ride, ride in the high hills. I'm just trying to read some scriptures this morning. And I'm, I'm spending all my time reading this. But I'm, I'm enjoying it. Anyone else enjoying this? And feed, feed you. God will feed you. Oh, I thought we are doing the fast. No, no, no. <laughs> he... He will feed you spiritually. So instead of you feeding yourself with natural things, he'll go, all right, now I can feed you. Ooh, man, what a loaded chapter here. And feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. There's an there's a, there's a Abrahamic covenant that we're a part of. Amen. And he will literally feed you with all the best blessings that he's promised your forefather, Abraham and Jacob. Come on. And he'll feed it to you. He'll just make it happen for you. I believe this. Why? These aren't my words. It ends by saying, the mouth of the Lord has spoken this. I'm telling you this. If you're not excited about fasting, I know what that feels like. I, I didn't used to be. But this is the type of fasting that the Lord has chosen. Just check out the results. I just, you know, we've done 21 days of fasting. I didn't really feel up for it. So, I, no, I felt the Lord say seven days of fasting. So, but give it, give it your all. Can we do this? And we can see the Lord do mighty things in our midst. As we commit to him. Amen. Amen. So do six till six. You know, don't, don't just fast and don't pray. Because if you just abstain from food, you're just dieting, not fasting. You're just, you're just not filling your belly. That's all you're doing. But minister unto the Lord. Because the key is, he wants to, in times of prayer, feed you with the heritage of Jacob. And cause you to ride on the high hills and break that bondage and take that heavy burden off and speak to you and cut out all those, you know, just as you cut out every, I hear every saying, cut out all those, those things. Cut out all those desirable things that your flesh so, so, is so used to feeding on. Feed on him. Feed on his faithfulness. Feed on the Psalms. Feed on the word. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Don't use your words. Pray a little bit on, in the spirit. Amen. It's going to be an awesome week. It's going to be an awesome week. Amen? Amen. Amen. In Matthew 17, 17, there was a a epileptic boy who the disciples struggled to to deal with and heal. 
And so Jesus is very interesting. Jesus, Matthew 17, 17, is one of those scriptures that's easy to remember. Matthew 17, 17, he said two things. He said to his own disciples, he said, you faithless. Imagine that. Imagine if I spoke to you like that. (laughs) You faithless and perverse generation. Faithless is wordless. Because the word... The, you hear, hear the word, faith comes. So to be faithless is to, to have no, uh, uh, to be disconnected from the word. To be disconnected from God, disconnected to Jesus. To be faithless. To be perverse and wicked is to be too connected to the world. And, and he, he, he went on in verses 21, he said in Matthew seventeen twenty one, uh, after Jesus said, what, you couldn't deal with this, this issue that this father's having with his son, this physical... Faithless and, and perverse. And then he goes on in verse 21. It says, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. So the answer to the two things that he just said that they were, which was faithless and perverse, he gave the answer. How many know we serve a God who doesn't just tell us what n- not to do, but he gives us answers of how to rectify what we're doing and tells us what to do. Because what prayer will do is prayer will reconnect you to the God you're disconnected to. That's why you're faithless. So prayer reconnects you to God who you're disconnected to. And fasting disconnects you from the world that you're so connected to. So the answer is found right there. Oh man, how do I deal with uh, uh, faithlessness? Reconnect. How? Prayer. Word. Pray the word. Don't use your own words. Use his word. Take the sword of the spirit. Come on into that place of of prayer. Amen. What does it say in in Ephesians chapter 6 verses verses 18? It says, you know, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Verse 18, it says that. But verse 17, which makes sense because, you know, 18 always comes after 17. Verse 17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, praying always. So you take the sword of the Spirit in prayer, so you got, you got some other words to use. I said, so you got some other u- words to use when you're praying. Praying always with all... S- praying always. Oh, man. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. In the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. And so you take it. You take it in there. Oh, glory to God. I just feel like lingering on this. And, and the faith, man, the faithlessness will come out of you. And the faith will just start filling your, your being. Oh, glory to God. And there'll be a disconnect from that which is robbing you. You don't realize that your flesh is enjoying it, but it's actually wearing you down. And what fasting will do is will remove you from that perverse stuff. And then what's going to happen? Oh, man, when you, when an epileptic, when a paralyzed, when a deaf man, when a weary man, or somebody who's got an issue comes up, whew, man, you're so connected to God. You're not faithless. You're faith-filled. Amen. You're f- you're filled and flooded. Man, I was praying for somebody who celebrated their birthday. Yeah, Esther's birthday was yesterday. Man, happy birthday, Esther. Amen. 
it was it was Ian's birthday. I think on Monday, I think it was. I I, I forgot his birthday, but I, I didn't now. I brought it into my message. So happy birthday! Uh, and for whoever else celebrated their birthday this month, you know, ha- happy happy birthday. There's a barrier for a few other people. Oh man! So happy birthday, people. We celebrate life. Amen. Um, <laughs> I, I said when I was praying for 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 a birthday, this birthday girl. Esther is her name. Filled and flooded. Filled and flooded this year. Man, I declare that. Filled and flooded. Filled and flooded. Filled and flooded. Whoo! And I believe, you know, not just for Esther, but for anyone else who will receive it. This week, filled and flooded. Filled and flooded. With the word, with faith. Come on now, not being, not faithless. But being faith-filled as we connect to the Word and pray this week. Amen. And then disconnect from all that perversion or all that stuff. You know, on the outside, it doesn't even look like perverse, but it's worldly. The spirit behind it is. You understand what I mean? Separate from all of that stuff in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter, chapter 1, 2. It says, in these last days, spoken... In these last days, spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Hebrews 1 verse 2. Who being the brightness of his glory, talking about Jesus, and the express image of his person. Amen. Amen. It says, who being the brightness. Jesus is the brightness of glory. Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. The word manifest in the flesh. Jesus is the brightness of the Father's glory. He's the express image of his person, God's person. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 3 says, even... If our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. The gospel is veiled. It's veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. That will give you a clue as to what the enemy is always endeavoring to do. Stop people seeing the revelation, the word of God, the heartbeat of the Father. Less the light, unless the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Remember, Jesus is the brightness of the glory of the Father. Satan blinds the minds of people, veils, prevents them from seeing. But Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory, amen, when you minister Jesus, when you minister the Word, it says in Second Corinthians 4, verse 4, less the light of the gospel. So say light. Of the gospel, of the glory of Christ. Sorry, you don't have to re- repeat everything I say. <laughs> it's, funny. I like, I like, it's funny moments. You, you always have funny moments in services. That, that might... Be a semi-funny moment. Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. 
Now, remember last week we talked about Moses. Well, what did Moses want to see? He says, I'm done, with, I'm done looking at a cloud. I want to see the light that's behind the cloud. That's what clouds do, right? They, they hide the sunlight that's, be, that's behind, behind the cloud. He said, I'm done with that, Exodus 33, verse, verse 18. He said, show me your brightness. Show me your glory. He was saying, show me Jesus. Show me Jesus. And God's response in verse 20 was, you cannot see my face. And that's where the glory of the Lord is. Amen. You know, the book of Revelation, man, there is a reward for just reading the book. There is, a rule, there is a blessing you cannot get any other way other than just reading the book of Revelation. And for that, read the book of Revelation. But in the book of Revelation, there's a, there's a, there's a revelation concerning Jesus and, and the face of Jesus and how in the new earth, his face, think about this, the new earth, in the new earth, this whole place is going to get renovated, made brand new. Amen. And it says... It says that his face, Jesus' face, will brighten up the whole earth. Like, the, no need for the sun, because, because his face will, will brighten up this whole place. It actually says in, in Revelation 22, 4, that they shall see his face. Whew. Verse 5, there shall be no night there. It goes on to say, no need for lamps. So your favorite lava lamp that you got for Christmas, I'm sorry, you know, mom chill, you, you, know, you won't need that, you know. Or, or the sun, you won't need the sun. For the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Man, we're going to reign with King Jesus, amen. Now this is, that's what the glory of, of God looks like. It lights a whole planet. And what is it? it it's in the face of Jesus. Remember uh, the glory beams that were beaming from Moses' face when he came off uh, the, 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 you know, that mount and he was transfigured. And um, it was too bright for everyone else, so they, had, they put a veil. They put a big you know, Tesco bag. I, well, I don't think it was a Tesco bag, but they put something right over his head because they were like, I can't stand the light. And people of darkness, you know, they can't stand the light. Um. Carnal people can't stand the light because they, they live in darkness. They love, they, they love the darkness. So you could change your hairdo. You could change to try and, you know, um, get on with them. You could change your clothing to kind of better suit. But, but they'll still not like you because it's not what's on you. It's what's in you. You hear what I'm saying? Second Corinthians 4. Everyone okay for a few minutes? I feel like I'm just reading this morning. But, but I feel like the, the spirit in the words like penetrating. Amen. Who feels like the word's just getting in? I'm like, you're getting fed. Thank you, Father. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. It's for, it says, for it is the God who commanded. Notice, think it just, often we, we, we read so quickly. For it is God who commanded light to shine in the darkness. It is God who has commanded light to shine in the darkness. Who has shone, notice this, in our hearts. Whew. In our hearts to give. 
to give the light. The, night, the, the light, to give the light of the knowledge of God. Where? In your heart. It says, has shone in our hearts. Someone say, in my heart. What does he shone in? The light to give what? To, to give what Moses was, was asking for. The glory. That's what, that's what Jesus has done. The very thing that Moses was wanting. Man, crying out for. And so Paul's saying, look, you know, when, when God said light be, you understand, that, that isn't talking about the sunshine. That, that happened later. It, the, when, he said, when he said light be, it was the brightness of the glory that shot man out of him at a hundred, what's the speed of light? 186,000 miles per second. And it's still, and it created, and it's still creating at that right rate right now. What was it? His glory. Can you imagine? Can you imagine pure light being shot in Moses' face at 186,000 miles per second? There wouldn't have been, there wouldn't have been any Moses left. With that amount of light. We're talking about tremendous power. We're talking about tremendous, tremendous uh, brightness. Moses couldn't handle that, but Paul's saying the same God. What do you say? The same God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness has shone in your heart. Woo. This glo- the glory of God. So the new believer can handle this. And the new Recreate spirit of man can receive this glory and it's in you. It's in you. Oh Lord, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And Paul's saying this to the to those in Corinth. He said that the, the same the same God who did did that in creation, Jesus has done that in our redemption. He's poured it into our heart. What what does the Bible say? Um Psalms 119, um, that the entrance of his word gives light. Psalms 119 verse 130, the entrance, the, the entrance of God's word gives light. So when, when, when the word, when you give an entry to the word in your life, you open, not just your, your Bible, but you open your heart and give the word entrance. Then the word gains entrance. When you hear the word, pray the word, read the word, um, it, and listen, let the inner ear hear the word, it gains entrance. And it brings and it and enlightens you with his Brightness answers are right there. Hallelujah. The more word you allow get in, the more enlightened you become. The more aware you are. And so if the enemy could do anything, I mean, to keep you from hearing the word of God, do you think he would do it? He would try to do it. He would make it his business to, to, to do it. Because when it lands in your inner ear, it's gained entrance. And when it's gained entrance, oh man, then you've got that for keeps. I love, just turn to Psalms. 
Psalms 119. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So, verse 2. Blessed are those who keep his, his testimonies, who seek him with their whole, with their whole heart. It, it, that word blessed, I believe it's in the, in the uh, New Living. Someone can wave at me and say, yeah, it does say it in the New Living. It says joy, joyful. Joyful, yeah. So the word, let's check out what the word, the word of God penetrating, getting in your heart, getting in your heart. The entrance of his word gives light. It's, the word is a joy, it's a joy filler. Amen. It's a joy filler. I'm more full of joy now than, than before I started ministering. Amen. Anyone else, you got more joy on board? Because it's a joy filler. The word of God is a joy filler. Look at verse 9. Look, look at verse 9. It says, it, it, is, be, it is better, what does it say here? Uh... Verse 9, how, how can a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed according to your word? The word of God is a cleanser. It's a, it's a sin protector. He said, you know, I, I hide the word in my heart that I may not sin against the Lord. Verse 24, your testimonies... Also are my delight and my counselors. The word of God is my counselor. 43. So he's my joy filler. He's my sin protector. Amen. He's He's my counselor. Verses 43. It says, And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in your ordinances. It is a dealer of hope, the Word of God. He's my filler, joy filler, my sin protector, sin cleanser, counselor, dealer. Dealer of hope. Verse 45, it says, And I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. The Word of God is my freedom fire. It brings liberty. This is what the Word of God does. Woo! I'm excited. I didn't think I was going to preach on this. I'm, but I wrote these, these down just late last night. 93, verse 93. It says, I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. By them, you, the word of God is my life giver. Gives into my heart. Life. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 119, 130. Psalm 119, 130 says, The unfolding of God's word gives light. The entrance of God's word gives light. This is from the New Living Translation. And it says, And gives understanding to the simple. So that everyone can understand it. Amen. You know, one of the main animals that, um, that uh, believers are compared to in the Bible is eagles. Eagles. We don't flap. No flapping chickens here. Flapping. I didn't say flipping. I said flapping chickens. We are soaring eagles. Come on, we are, we are majestic. Eagles speak of royalty and splendor and strength and um, vision. 
You know, and what, what separates eagles from other birds is um, not, that, not only that it soars higher than any other bird, uh, but it does. It can soar higher than any other bird. But what separates, what differentiates an eagle from other birds is its diet. It's its diet. A wild, you know, I took it as a compliment. I was at the ranch of his uh, parents' place years ago now. We, I, I took a kayak, took it to the end of the lake, and, you know, we're in, we're in the middle of nowhere, you know, like 80 miles from anything. And there's, there's eagles, and it's beautiful. There's moose and all kinds of bears, grizzlies. And so I was on that, that far side, you know, Grizzly Valley. It's literally called Grizzly Valley. And there was a whole bunch of um, golden eagles there. And, and one came out of nowhere and just came so close to me. It flew right over my head. Just to kind of like say, hey, back off. You know, too close to my territory. But uh, I took it as a compliment. The reason why I took it as a compliment is, um, you know, it saw that I was alive and kicking. Because that's the diet that they have. Because they only eat live, living, living meat. So it's always going to be fresh, fresh kilt. Where a buzzard is going to, it's, it's just scavenger. Raw meat, doesn't matter, just take, but not an eagle. So when you take a, when you see an eagle in a zoo and it's in captivity, of course it's fed, you know, not, can't hunt and things like that. So it's fed, uh, you know, you know, meat, but it's not fresh. And so what happens is its strength level is diminished and it can't soar like the eagles in the wild that are eating fresh meat. Amen. So what must differentiate you and me, especially in this year of lifting and going higher and being, uh, you know, people who are soaring, is you've got to, are you feasting on stuff that is living or is it, is it dead? Eastenders. It's dead, it's dead meat. It's nothing fresh about it. You get nothing out of it. The only thing you get out of it is not how to talk to anybody, you know. The, the, there is, what, are you, what is it producing? What are you having intimacy with? And, and what is it birthing in your life? But if you want to go up, and you want to soar, and you want to elevate, your diet has got to be different. And it's got to, you've got it living and he, he, the psalmist, David, the psalmist said, Psalms 119, 130, he said, your word gives life because it's living. It's the living, power-filled word of God. And you feast on that. I tell you what, you have a different diet to anyone else. That's why you don't flap. That's why, that's why, you're, that, that's why you saw. Amen. John 1 verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory. We beheld his glory. The word became flesh. Jesus became flesh. This isn't isn't just a message. This isn't just words. This is life right here. This is the power of God in print. This is God Almighty. This is him. And he manifests his word. And Jesus was that the express image, the invisible, the visible image of the invisible God, and we beheld his glory. Whew. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 
So what Jesus did, he came to reveal what was concealed in the Old Testament. That's what Jesus did. Man, his light has come. So no, no one after church, I know some, some of you, you know, usually go to Chinese, but we're on a fast, let me remind you. You, you know, but next week, none of you, <coughs> none of you next week have, need to go to the Chinese buffet and get a Chinese fortune cookie to find out what your future holds. Amen. You can know what your future holds. You can know precisely what's ahead. You can know what's around the corner before you take the turn. You can know it because the Holy Ghost gives you and shows you things to come. And the word, you give it entrance, it's going to give you light. Every time I hear somebody saying, every time. So he said, Paul the Apostle, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 6. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who was shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory in the face. That's where the glory of God is. In the face of Jesus Christ. The gateway to God's glorious glory is you having the word shone in your heart and you having your mind renewed by the light. That's the gateway. And that is what the knowledge, he said, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory, and that is exactly what the enemy is attacking, is your what you know about God. That's what the enemy has always done, is to try and affect what people know about God. Why? What is God doing to me? Why is he giving me all this pain? He's not a pain giver. Why did he take, you know, uh, our dear sister? He's not taking people to heaven and, and turning, you know, our beloved, uh, you know, family members into angels. That, you know, oh, God just needed another angel. Rubbish. He didn't need another r- angel in heaven. That's a demotion. Angels are below us. He's not taking anybody. He's not killing anybody. But the, see, the attack of the enemy has been, he, he is trying to destroy your, the knowledge of God in people's hearts. And this is why later on, Paul the Apostle in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 5, he said, casting down every imagination and every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's what Satan attacks. Satan attacks what you know about God. Revelation hits your heart. God's my healer. He's my sustainer. He's the one who, come on now, he's, he's, he's the one that reinvigorates. He's the one, you, you know, that preserves me and repairs me and mends me and fixes me. He's the one. And then symptoms come and then it's like, oh man, is he really? Is, is he really my healer? That's, a, that's an attack on what you know about your God. And he said, you have to cast that attack on what you know about God already, you've got to cast that down forcefully, refute it, so that it gets de- that thought gets destroyed. 
We've had to grab a hold of people whose you know, mom died or, or family member died and, and say, do not grieve. God is a healer. I remember when someone close, you know, someone close in this, this ministry, you know, they, um, and, and they died and the, Lord, the Spirit of God told me, you teach on, he heals all the time. What? But he, but he, but he didn't. No, the word stands. There are reasons that, you know, we can discern if the Lord tells us. But faith works all the time. I said faith works all the time. The light of God, the, glo- the brightness of His glory at 186,000, you know, that's just light. But it's just natural light. But think about the power of God, the brightness of His glory. Darkness hasn't got a chance, people. Well, well why is He doing what, he, what He's doing? There, there, we had a good conversation. Oh, man, we had, I'll tell you what, we had a good conversation. We had, like, a great conversation last night with our kids. We just sat down. We, we, we didn't plan this conversation. We, we, we have like family kind of gatherings. We're having one this afternoon, which is great. I'm looking forward to it. But uh, with the kids. And, um, but I started talking about, we started talking about um, uh, leaving the door open to the enemy. And man, the Spirit of God was on the conversation. And the, the, the Lord was like speaking to all of us. I could, I could sense God was ministering to our family. And every, and I had to, I, 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 I said, I said, Evie, I, I repent. I took four pounds out of your purse without telling you. <laughs> but then I justified it and said, well, better. then I gave it away straight away to Gloriana because she was, so I wrecked a perfectly great apology with an excuse. Never do that. Never, never wreck a perfectly good apology with an excuse. But I did that yesterday. And so I had something else to repent about. So anyway, I, I stole four, four pounds. And then, uh, and then one of our, I'm not naming who, but, you know, one of the others said, oh, you know. Hey, sis, I stole 20 pounds from your office. What? And then, and then another one said, oh, I've got something to repent about. True, right? And he went on. I'm like, what, what family is this? We're a bunch of robbers. Robbing from each other. But what was happening is the glory and the light on the, on the word that we were talking, it shone in the, it, and it was like, man, we, we, it was a great time. And the presence of God was, and it, even right told Evie was having great Holy Ghost inspired, life transforming conversations with our little ones, just pour, and it, tra- oh, Glorious glory. The word of God shining in the kids. It's, it's beautiful. He said, you, but the, the attacks on what you know about God, you must cast it down, which is to say, I'm done with that. I'm done with thinking that way. And, and you cast it down in such a way that it gets destroyed. And climb back up on your mind. Your mind is to serve the spirit of faith that's in your spirit. Your mind is to serve the spirit of God that is within you. And a renewed mind will do that. It will agree with what your spirit says on the inside. But if it's not renewed, it, 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 will, 
He doesn't know how to serve. The spirit and the renewed spirit, the brand new spirit within your spirit. But you've got to learn how to do that. And this is how you can differentiate. I'm trying, I'm trying to be practical here. I don't want to preach too long. I feel like I'm just beginning this. But we can catch this up next week, can't we? Man, it's beautiful. And, and throughout the week or whatever. But this is to help you, just to help you. Because you know, we need times like this where we just read the Bible. And let the word do what it does. Because I'm just a man. I, I, I can't do anything. But the Spirit of God on these words declared into hearts that are open. Man transforms every single time. But let me help you. How to differentiate when, when, when it's the voice of your soul or the voice of the enemy speaking to you. Let's use that. The voice of the enemy speaking. speaking attacking the knowledge or what you know about God versus God speaking. This is what happens. The enemy comes from outside and his voice and it, and it hits you here. It hits you here. And, and, it's, and it's an attack from outside to your head trying to get in. But the, the voice of the Spirit, what the Spirit of God does, he speaks to your spirit here. He speaks to your spirit. And what your spirit knows Catch this. What your spirit knows, because the Holy Spirit spoken to your spirit. What your spirit knows rises up to, to en, enlighten the mind. So, so it's not something going from here. Whoa, I th- you know, God's just, you know, no, no, no. That thought is not, you know, God doesn't speak to heads. But what the Spirit of God does, he speaks to your spirit. And a piece of his knowledge. That's what word, a word, a word of knowledge is. A piece of what God knows comes to you. Right? He sp- and then what your spirit knows rises up to inform your mind. And you have to, you have to inform, your spirit's got to inform your mind. Amen. Concerning what your, what, your, what your spirit knows, based off of what the spirit has told you. Amen. Amen. Most Christians don't know how to do this. And it's sad. But we're raising up an army and a church who know how to hear the voice of the Lord. And receive the brightness of his glory. Now, let me, let me close on this and say, um, this is so key because everything, everything grows in light. Everything. I mean, you could have a plant, give it a little bit of light, in a, you know, and it will grow somewhat. But it won't reach its full potential growth unless it gets ample light. Everything that you want growing in your life, it needs light. And so, if Satan can't get you off of what is the light, he will get people to try and diminish the brightness, the brilliance of the light.
for the prophet Elijah, it was Jezebel. And I put this in my notes, 1 Kings 19, 9. There he went in a cave, in a dark place, the prophet. And spent the night there, and the word of the Lord came to him and said, and I, 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 I heard this when I, was, when I was ministering, when I was ministering to the Lord in prayer. I heard it for so many people. Same thing as what the prophet heard. The word of the Lord came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing in this dark place, Elijah? What are you doing? Running from from somebody who haven't got nothing on the power of God that I've equipped with you, uh, you with Elijah. What are you doing in this dark place, in a cave? For Abraham, the father of our faith, it was Lot who was used to try and neutralize the brilliance of the light that he was operating in. And God, God knew it. Uh, Abraham knew it. And God, in fact, told him to you know, separate from his family. Lot was a family member and he didn't. But when he did, when he did separate from Lot, because there was strife between the camps, the herdsmen... Lot's herdsmen and Abraham's herdsmen were, were at wars with each other. How many know strife is never a good play partner? It's never. It, it is the worst thing you must, you must detach yourself from. And the, and the Bible says in Genesis 13, 14, The Lord said unto Abraham after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up thy eyes and look from the place. Lift up and look, lift up your eyes and look from. He said two things to him. After, it's amazing how clear you can hear after strife has departed from your life. The very thing that is trying to diminish, neutralize the brilliance of your light. He said two things. Lift up, lift up and look from the place. Two things. Lift up your eyes. And look from the place that you are. What are you doing here? Lift up and look from the place that you are. God sure, sure, true to his word. He started showing Abraham all these things. Whew. And he says, as long as you can see it, I'm giving it to you. This is a good year. It's a good year of lifting up and seeing from. That's completely the opposite of looking down and looking at the place. where. Let's just take, let's just take where are we? Looking down. That's completely the opposite. It's looking up and from the place to the places that you're headed. And that is the responsibility of every single one of us. But don't be kidding yourself. The enemy will use nephew Lot, the lots in life.
the Jezebels, to neutralize the brightness of the word. But let me say this, greater is he. Greater is he that is in you. Greater. 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 I say greater. Can I, can I end with another couple of verses? <laughs> Some people don't let me continue, but I was going to continue anyway, even if no one did. So I just wanted to find out if you were a willing crowd or not. But here, no, I'm, I'm closing. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. It says, Shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Now, notice this. Don't, don't miss it. Don't leave. Stewards, don't let them leave. Especially a worship leader and another worship leader. What's happening? Verse 7, notice this. Just pay attention. He says, we, he said, he shone in our heart, verse 6, shone in our heart. Someone say, in my heart. Shone in my heart to give the light of the knowledge, the knowledge of the glory, the knowledge of God is in our heart, the knowledge of who God is, the knowledge of who we are in Him. Amen. Notice this. That's in our, it's in the face, it's in the presence of God. That's where we're going to spend this week, amen. Notice verse 7. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. What's he talking about? What treasure do we have? The glory. That's the treasure we have. That's what he's talking about. The glory is the treasure that has been put into earthen vessels. In about the vessel, it's about what's in the vessel. People dress it up, you know, um, they, 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 they work it out, they, all the, you know, the, all the stuff they do. Nip it, tuck it, lift it, paint it, pierce it, all that. But it's not about the vessel, it's about what's in it. You hear me? He said, it, it's the glory, it's about, it's not about the vessel, it's about the treasure that's in the vessel. Then verse, verse 8 says, we are Hard-pressed on every side. Anyone ever felt hard-pressed on every side? He said, yet not crushed. We are perplexed. Anyone ever been perplexed? Yeah, anyone been perplexed? I was perplexed when they tried to charge me £4.75 for one coffee. I was perplexed. I will be perplexed if Man United don't beat Spurs later on this afternoon. I've been perplexed before. Anyone else? Amen. I was perplexed the other day whenever he didn't laugh at my joke. Perplexed. We've all been there. Perplexed. It's very crushing. He said, he said I've been hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. You know, We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Woo! Now, what, 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 what happens with, with a... Someone drink that real quick. You're good at this. Oh, I just threw out you. Thank you. That was very quick. So, you know, anyone been on a plane before? You've been on a plane. And when you set up, you, you have two bottles like this. As an example, I saw Jeremy Pearson. He was ministering years ago on this. Two bottles. You're at sea level. Um, with, how many know the lower you are, the greater the pressure? You know how much pressure is getting? Everything. 14 pounds of pressure is against your flesh 
every, every square inch. And when, when, you, when you start on your plane, take two, do this next time you fly. Take two bottles of water like this. And, um, and when it starts taking off, start drinking your bottle. And when you reach the altitude, you should have, you know, eat, you should have drank the entirety of the bottle. And so 10,000, 20,000 feet, where the pressure is less, right? You put the cap back on, still carries its, its um, you know, shape, just like, the other, just like the other bottle. But then when you start your descent and start going down, guess what happens? The lower you go, the greater the pressure. But because you drank the bottle, the water, um, uh, and you were in a zone, a realm that was a lot less pressure. The bottle has, uh, the, the density of the, the air in the bottle is much less than the, 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 the density of the air lower, lower level. So when you start descending, without you doing anything, start going down, what happens is the bottle starts crumpling. Have you ever seen this? And you don't have to do anything. I'm just doing it to show you. So when you land, it's like you've got one bottle that looks like this, crushed, distorted. You've got one bottle that has kept its shape because of the pressure that came against, against it. Now, how could the plastic's the same, the lid's the same, the, the, it, the way it was manufactured, the bottle is exactly the same. It went through the exact same pressure, but how come one got crushed and one didn't get cr- crushed? Because of what's inside the bottle. Greater is what is in you than, than, than the pressure that is coming ag- against you. So, so, so here's, here's the thing. This is why two individuals can go through the exact same thing in life. Experience the same season. They go through COVID. They go through the same economic, uh, uh, natural ups and downs. And, and yet one is like, comes out not even smelling like smoke. And then another one is perplexed and crushed. It had everything to do with what was in them. Inside of them. The glory. He said, it's a treasure treasure it it's in the face it's shone in your heart what is it from the word you get your heart full of the word you get in the presence of god and stay full of the glory of god otherwise you'll you'll collapse water is heavier it's denser it's heavier than air so so it's it is it, it, no issue it's going to keep its shape. And Paul goes on and says, We do not lose heart. Verse 16. Even though our outward man is perishing, even though our vessel is perishing, the inward man is being renewed, by, uh, renewed day by day. Verse 17. For our light affliction, which is for a moment, is working for us. A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Water is heavier than air. 
Whatever the prince, the power of the air is trying to do, pressing against you, it's not greater than the glory that resides within you. So the word grew mightily and prevailed. The word grew and multiplied. Father, I pray for every person in this room, for, for the seed. We don't need messages from man. We don't need little motivational shorts on Instagram to motivate us and keep us going. We need the word. We need the bread of life. We need your spirit touching ours. We need your spirit speaking to our spirit and our spirit informing, right? Taking what we know and informing our mind. We need you. And we ask you. We ask you, navigate every person, every family to the, to the area in your word that they need to get a hold of which is your seed and sow it right into their heart as the seed gets planted in their heart so does the roots go down and where there is root there will be fruit that will come from you and give you glory hallelujah some have just got the the root the salvation root down they're saved and they know it they, they know it but they're sick in their body help them get the seed of your word concerning healing Help them sow it in the heart, in their heart. Let that seed go down and, and grow roots. That would help them establish themselves in divine health in this season. No one dies prematurely. No one, no one gets inflicted by a spirit of infirmity. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. For greater is you in us greater is your word in us greater is your spirit in us than the demonic spirits coming against us the world news that we're hearing greater is your word we will not flinch we will not be scared we will not be in turmoil because of our surroundings we're operating on a higher level. Nothing. No pressure. No scheme. Of man. Can neutralize the brilliance of your glory. That has been shone in our hearts. By you Holy Ghost. Thank you Father. The word prevails. Faith in the word. In your spirit causes that word to prevail which is to come against that which is coming against you that's what the word prevail means so mightily grew his word and prevailed it's like a, a force within you fights and prevails over the force coming against you but you have no word in you it, what can prevail for you the word prevails no word in you how can it prevail for you it's time to get filled up. Filled up. The bottle that kept its shape was filled, kept filled. Come on, somebody. It was not, a, it stayed full. Get full, stay full. Stop eating and snacking on stuff that produced death. And feed on the bread of life. 
John 4, 4, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Father, I pray that this week, just lift up your hands, if you would, in this place, you can stay in your seat. But if you want to stand, you can stand. But Father, I pray your proceeding words that we desperately need to hear to live by will be heard by your precious people. The grace to pray, the grace to fast, the grace to give. Father, I thank you for that grace. Oh, it takes us beyond what our own natural ability can do and and we can can do beyond our natural ability. Even, Even now as we give and and, and tithe and, and bring what is what is ours and give an offering to him and what is his the tithe bring it to him to honor him our father I thank you that grace of giving grows in this ministry it says moreover as you're preparing your offerings the guys will give instructions on the screens stewards get ready to pass the buckets in a moment but here in Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 1 it says moreover brethren we make known to you the grace the grace of of God bestowed on the churches bestowed on the church of Manchester and Preston and Harrogate amen the grace of God bestowed on us it says that in a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded to, in the riches of their liberality for I bear witness and according to their ability yes according to their ability yes they gave and beyond their ability they were freely willing to give imploring us with much urgency that we would give the gift, that we would receive the gift, and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Hallelujah. And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord, and then to us by the will of God. So we we urged Titus that as he had begun, he would also complete this grace in you as well but as you abound in everything in faith you abound in speech you abound in knowledge you abound in all diligence you abound in your love for for one another you abound he said make sure you're abounding in all these things and see that you abound also in this grace also abound in this grace also which is the grace of giving not taking this fast let it be different yes let it be marked with by praying and, and, and just withdrawing from desirable things giving yourself to spiritual things but also let it be marked by your giving so even now Father I thank you that this gift is blessed these, these, these precious givers these precious people who honor you by tithing and offer and giving offerings Father I thank you that Lord you are no man's debtor I thank you Lord for, for the abundance the abounding Woo, man, that they all experience in every area of their life in the name of Jesus, we pray.